Welcome to Just Another Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Today, I'm joined by Mike McMahon of College Hockey News and the Mac Report. How's it going, Mike? It's going well. How about you? We haven't done this in a while. I know. It's like, I've, like looking back on different photos of me doing like podcasts and recordings back in Massachusetts, like there's a couple where I'm like, oh, Mike was on the show with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did a couple, I know, like in the lobby at the Songa uh-huh. Center, for sure. I remember that. Which, which for like the first... Um, like foray into podcasting and recording is not the easiest thing. I figured out afterwards, like live recording in a lobby. Yeah. Like with like 500 people thing. there. Yeah. It was the craziest thing. And they're like, Hey, do you want to be on the speakers? I'm like, Oh God, I don't know if I wanted that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so anybody knows, I mean, I was ran a website called Mill City Sports in Massachusetts uh, covering UMass Lowell, mainly hockey East, um, other sports as well. MMA. Uh, Mike and I became friends then because we met each other in the press box and Mike's still doing that. You what, 15 years or so? Uh, Almost. This will be, this is 14. I started in 06. I graduated in 06. So 14 years of covering. This year, this will be 14. (laughs) Covering, excuse me, mostly college hockey, but you do everything pretty much for Mac Report, right? Like everything Merrimack College has to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, so. and then when I was with the Tribune, we I did a little, literally a little bit of everything from yeah. Merrimack to high school sports to UFC to whatever needed to be done on a particular day. Well, that's what's funny about people asking, like, well, you got you covered sports? What did you cover? I'm like, well, anything I really wanted to, honestly. Because it's like <laughs> at the time when you run your own blog, it's like, oh, I want to cover the UFC. Let's apply for credentials and see what happens. And, like, the UFC is not a super easy thing to get into to cover for sports. Like, they're, like the, the approval process is not, like, Anybody can get in there. I mean, call it chocolate. Let's be honest. If someone's like, Hey, can I sit in the press box? Someone's like, ah, we have rum. Let's put yeah, you in there. Part, yeah. But like the UFC is like one of those things that I was like, ah, I don't know if I can get in there. And I got, and I did what two events. I did the Boston one and I did the uh, Bangor one. Yeah. And so that was pretty intense. Cause I saw, um, McGregor, uh, beat, uh, what was his name? Seaver. No, uh, not Seaver. Was it Seaver? Who's I don't the, remember. The, I don't think I was at Boston. That. It was Boston. It was right before. Basically, he uh, McGregor beat. I forget his. Oh, Dennis uh, Seaver. Dennis Seaver. Yeah. Name? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he got I don't, that, think, he I got at, I don't think I covered that show. I think I was it, watching. He uh, got to be when because he beat Seaver, he was able to fight Aldo. Yeah. Aldo, whatever. Um, and then so beat Aldo was, in thirty-five yeah. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. I, I did some PGA Tour events. I did MMA events. I did a couple of Bruins games. Uh, mostly college hockey, though. So that's why. Right. Yeah. I thought, you know, Mike's a college hockey expert that I know. <laughs> and so uh, let's bring him on. Let's talk some college hockey because maybe there'll be a season this year. Maybe they won't. But uh, let's talk a little bit about it. I think it. so. I think you we'll shirt I wore? I do. I saw that. Yeah. 2013 champions. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we'll get something. I don't know what it's going to look like or when it's going to be, but I do think there'll be something. I'm hoping which is, anyway. Which is funny because, like, I was thinking back, looking at some stuff before I came on here. And, you know, I first saw my first – you know, UMass Lowell game in person in 2011. I was season ticket holder for the Riverhawks and I fell in love and I started writing a blog, uh, view from 123. And then I, um, you know, morphed that into something else. And first time in a press box was 2012. Uh, and then hockey East champions in 2013 were the UMass Lowell Riverhawks. So like, and the year prior that was at 2010 when they were, they won five games. Yeah, right before Norm was hired, right? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, cool. This is an awesome team. This is unbelievable. Like, not knowing their history yet. <laughs> and then they won, what, three championships in five, Rocky East championships Something in five like years. Yeah. And then I move and I come back to 
Bangor, and they haven't made the Hockey East Championship since. And so I don't, it was, it must've been me in the it press box been. there. I mean, it, well, I mean, it makes sense to me. Oh, cause you could say Norm was the one that made him win the championships, but let's be honest, he's still there. there. Was, so yeah, there was only one constant. There. <laughs> you know, your shirt reminds me, let me show, do I have it down here? This is something that I don't think exists anywhere because it never happened, but I found this on eBay. Oh my. <laughs> How did someone get that? I have no idea. I assume they had a maid for if they were to win the game. But how did someone like did someone like just like steal it out of the locker room or something like that? I I found it on eBay one like randomly. My wife was in the hospital. (laughs) She was she's fine, Uh, but she was having her she needed her gallbladder taken out, and I was just like in the waiting room scrolling through eBay. I was I had not been on the eBay app on my phone in probably a year. Uh, and I just like typed in Merrimack, and that was one of the first things that popped up. And I goes like, "How do I not get this? <laughs> like, I don't care what, what it year was. is it? Is it 2011 on that? 2011, yeah, that's when they played was BC in the championship game. BC, and that was they played Maine. Come, was it Maine coming up to it they too? Did they beat Maine in the quarterfinals, yeah. the series at, at Lawler? Yeah, and that was uh, Jordan Haywood was on the team. Um, he, uh, 2011 uh, he would have been a freshman. I think, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I remember because I became friends with them outside the school. Okay. Uh, when I was working in Massachusetts, he was uh, a friend of mine there. And uh, so it was kind of funny to see him. And then I, you know, he, he played for a couple more years after that. I had a signed puck here somewhere from him. Most of my <laughs> sports memorabilia. Yeah. Most of my memorabilia for UMass Lowell and stuff that's in a box somewhere. I just never got a chance <laughs> to un- unpack it. But uh, yeah, he's a, uh, I haven't, I'm, I think I'm still friends with him on Facebook, but I haven't kept up with him. Yeah. Uh, I think he years. just, maybe last year or, or it may have been like this past spring that he, officially retired he's playing overseas for a while he played a couple years in like the echl and then i think he was in i know he played in the uk his last year i think he had a couple years in germany and maybe norway or something like that but i think michael bud just retired too from umass (laughs) did you hear that he got caught with drugs i think over in europe somewhere like they did some sort of drug test he had cocaine in his system or something like that so it's just kind of like (laughs) i remember remember I remember covering alumni from UMass Lowell and like looking where they were. And then I'm like, Oh, I wonder where these people are. And I was like, I just Googled some people and Michael Budd's name came up and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I always assume that most of those leagues are like a free for all where they don't really <laughs> test or, or do anything like that. I think he was in China too. I don't even want to say Europe. It was, he was over in playing in China those leagues that like, that teams are just like horrible. Ice is horrible. Like, it's just like, Oh, I guess I can continue when I play uh, hockey and be in China, I guess. I mean, if you're going to be in a different country, you might as well play what you want to play and like hopefully yeah. at least make a living to the point where you can afford to live there. Yeah. Um, there was the, there was a Chinese team that was owned by, they were owned by like the same people that owned the San Jose Sharks at one point. They were called the China Sharks. China Sharks. That sounds like some sort of like fake game, name you'd get on an NHL hockey game for the Xbox. <laughs> the the only China reason Sharks. I even know they exist is because a former – Merrimack player, same thing like covering alumni, was their player coach one year. Steve McKenna. Can you play in the that, NHL? That's a that's a um you know on your resumes player coach, but where? Uh the yeah. China Sharks. <laughs> yeah, he was with the China Sharks. I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up now yeah. because he was with the China Sharks as a player coach, and then I think he was also the coach of like the Australian national team or something. <laughs> like the most random. Yeah, the China Sharks, player coach, 2008 and 2009. 
and he coached the Australian national team at the world championships. And then he was a head coach in Italy for a few years. It doesn't look like he's done anything since 2013, but. But that's also one of the crazy things about hockey in the sense that you don't think, I don't think a lot of people who don't follow, like we always, you and I with following specific teams and being a, a beat reporter for a specific college hockey team. And we follow the alumni after they leave the school uh, that how worldwide hockey actually is like, there's, you know, other sports, soccer, you know, basketball, things like that. But like hockey is everywhere now. Like it's, it's in a lot of different countries and you look at these obscure places, these alumni are playing and then you're trying to get statistics and you're like, I don't even know if these are real statistics or not. Like I can't. Cause also some of them look made up. Like some of these leagues, you get a guy that's got like, Oh, he's got 68 points in 14 games. And you're like, that's can't be right. A, that's a beer league, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> But I mean, it's fun. I, I used to love the things like some of the things I get back getting back into like doing podcasting and, and stuff like this. It's like missing the weekly during the seasons being like, okay, let's refresh the stats and see what people are doing and see how yeah. good people are and, and uh, see where the recruits are coming from and all that stuff. And it's like, I miss that aspect of it. It was a lot of work. And I, it was, I mean, as you know, a little, a lot of work, a very little reward except for personal reward that it's fun yeah. to do in a sense. Yeah. But, uh, um, what would you have done this season if they, or will you do if they don't have a hockey season? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, I do think they will have one. I think, well, yeah. my kids are older now. Yeah. So like they're, my oldest is 10. My youngest is eight. And they're also playing hockey along with everything else in baseball. So like they, I'm real busy with them to the point where like I even missed for the first time last year, I missed a good chunk of games because I just had something going on with them. Oh, I, like I needed to be at their hockey game or help coach their hockey game or whatever. Uh, and that stuff never got in the way when they were like three and four because they weren't doing the stuff. So I, I, I will still, I'm sure personally be busy. That being said, I want there to be a hockey season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's just so, a matter of what that's going to look like. So as of right now, it's, they say what, uh, uh, sorry, November 20th is the idea right around there. Um, yeah. I, I keep hearing Thanksgiving. So okay. the idea being with both. So the NCAA announced last week that basketball is going to start on the 25th. I think hockey, hockey will be right around the same time, maybe a little bit before. But the idea is most schools, I don't know. I, I don't think it's every school in the country, but most schools are sending their kids home at Thanksgiving and then not bringing them back for exams. So usually, you know, obviously you go to, Thanksgiving break, you come back the first week of December, you take a couple of exams, and then you go home for Christmas, you don't come back to the end of January. Well, now they're talking about exams for first semester being online. So these schools are going to send all the kids home November 20th, whatever, whatever comes close, whatever that like Tuesday is before Thanksgiving. And they're probably not going to come back until the beginning of February for the second semester. So for basketball and hockey, specifically, you've got an opportunity to kind of create your own bubble <laughs> like you okay sense, you, yeah, yeah yeah you got your men's and women's hockey teams and your men's and women's basketball teams and they're going to be the only ones on campus so i think that's when they're going to try to squeeze in a lot of it uh that's what everybody keeps telling me so that they'll have you know roughly two and a half months to squeeze in conference games i don't think they're going to do anything out of conference but but conference games and then at that point you know we'll be into february and march and we'll see well what does the hockey's tournament look like i think there'll be a hockey's if there's if there's if there are games i think there will be a hockey's tournament and a hockey's championship it's a matter of is it on campus or at the garden um and 
is that as far as the season goes or will they figure out a way to be able to do an NCAA tournament? They're already talking about doing an NCAA tournament with less teams. Um, so maybe that's an option, but we'll see. I, but I do think they're going to do something. And if they play, I think they'll, they'll at least go as far as conference championships. Do you think they'll play the same way with like Friday and Saturday nights? Or do you think they'll try to do three games a week or like, does it really matter? Like, I'm just wondering if they try to like really not cram it into the point where they overwork the, the student athletes, but like, is there a possibility there'll be like a Friday night game and a Sunday night game and a Wednesday night game? Or do you think it's still going to be the Friday night, Saturday nights most of the time? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I do think one thing that someone did tell me is they may try to work it in so that you're playing all of your, your games against a particular team in a row. So, like, let's say you're going to play four games against BC. You're going to play four games against BC in a row. And then they can retest or whatever the, the student athletes before the next series or, or, or something like that. Uh, there has been some rumbling against some, among some coaches that they may want to space out the games and kind of space them out into the middle of the week, especially where the kids aren't going to be taking classes at that point. And if the NHL, I think the NHL released something today about when they're going to start for next year. But the, the last I heard, it was going to be like December, maybe even first of the year, because it's still like a finals are going on right now. They still need to do a draft. They still need to do a, an off season with free agency and everything. So if you're going to have a, a network like Nesson that has a lot of openings, maybe that's an opportunity for Hockey East to kind of sneak in and say, look, well, we'll put, we'll give you one game a week, like, or, or one game a day, Monday to Saturday or something like that and space it out a little bit. If the kids aren't taking classes, I think that's pretty easy to do. And I mean, basketball does it now. I mean, there's college basketball on ESPN every single night of the week. Yeah. And that's with classes going on and with significantly more travel than, than college. Oh, absolutely. Hockey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you could, there's ways to figure it out. It's, it's just an interesting aspect to see that like we're still talking about this in or almost October in September uh that this we shut down like my business at Warner brewing company shut down may march 15th and we opened back up july 1st thinking that we're still talking about whether or not there's yeah. any sports in 2021 because i mean think about it, yes if they start november 25th the 24th or whenever we're in there it's only one month left in 2020 so in a sense this is the 2020 2021 season mm -hmm. but really it's the 2021 season in a sense yeah. but um yeah it's just interesting that we're still talking about this now. and i and it's funny because like we had kind of internally at chn uh, on a Slack conversation, we were talking like back in March, what's this going to look like for next year? And me being naive was just like, in the fall, we're not going to worry about this in the fall. It's going to be over with in the fall. Like they're clearly, we'll be on to the next thing by the fall. This will be done with. We won't even be talking about this. Not really having any idea what we were getting into. Uh, just because I, I don't think anybody knew at the time. You know what I mean? Like, and we still I knew it was bad. Yeah, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know that it was going to still be here in September or October because it's been a long time since I took mm -hmm. high school history and learned about the Spanish flu. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I mean, so there, I'm guessing there's no fans. That's the, that's the, the consensus yeah. is no fans. I mean, yeah. and then probably limited other things too. I'm guessing a lot of it's no, like they're not, I don't, I'm guessing there's not going to be press box either. I'm guess that's my theory. If you're not going to have fans in there or if they do, it's like no actual inter interaction at all with the players. There's no post game press conference. Yeah, kind of I thing. think we'll be doing it like this. Yeah. I like how you and I are talking right yeah. now, you know. And having Coach a dog bark in the background. Have you yeah. seen that uh, uh, Anthony Davis one where he's like, oh my God, yeah. what's going on? There's a dog barking in the background. <laughs> I think they'll do it like, you know, Coach goes into his office, gets on a Zoom call. Um, but whether, I mean, they could do media in the buildings. If, if there's no fans, 
you know, I'm just thinking about it specifically from a Merrimack standpoint, but they also have the smallest building. It's if you only had 20 or 25 media people there, you can say, okay, radio is going to get this luxury box and, and et cetera, space everybody out in, in separate seats within the arena, because you don't just, you don't need to use the press box if there's nobody else in the building. The biggest thing I think with them bringing media onto campus is I think that'll be allowed as long as there's no students because each school is kind of creating their own atmosphere where they're testing, at least the, the kids that are living there, they're testing them pretty regularly. I don't know that they're going to want to bring a lot of outside people onto campus on a daily or weekly basis when it comes to athletic events. So as long like that November to February window, when, when there's not going to be any other students on campus, I think that's when they may like when media may have more access as far as getting to and from games. Once students are back in residency on campuses, I don't see many colleges being okay with just openly inviting people from the outside onto their campus. Uh, do you think that they, like with the, watching games you said Nesson and all that stuff but there is all these streaming networks for each individual place like you know UMass will had their own on goriverhawks.com they had their own like you could watch the games uh and you pay for it is that something you think schools are gonna like say hey it's open because you can't come to the games or expect people to pay for it now because they can't come to the games to kind of help you know supplement some of the income they're losing yeah I think it'll be the latter uh <laughs> just a guess I mean the hockey east has also talked about trying to do something on their own as a league so, like, the NCHC has nchc.tv, and you can go in and you can either buy individual games or you could buy – I think you could buy a team pass, which gets you all of a, a team's games, or you could buy a league pass, which gets you the entire league's uh, – every game. So, I don't know if that's close to being launched or if it's even still under consideration. I know before the, the commissioner change, it was something that they were looking at doing, and a lot of the athletic directors have wanted to do for a while. So – they can figure out how to launch a platform that looks, you know, similar to that. They had CBS All Access last year. That's the other thing. They had CBS All Access for Hockey East last year, where as long as you had a CBS CBS All Access subscription, you could watch any game you wanted. It was like six bucks a month. It was great. Well, it's it's like Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's uh, service is through NBC Sports Network. And so, if you had cable and you yeah. had NBC, you could watch all of their games every single weekend on NBC Sports Network's app because they had them all streamed there. And then yeah. I think I don't know. I know back when I was covering you muscle uh northeastern had one for free i know there's yeah, some yeah, schools that do. did northeastern free, i think still ones. does it through youtube i think uh, possibly and that's, that's yeah. the thing it's like is it is it one of those things that they maybe they'll have a featured game maybe it's like once every couple of weeks they have a featured game that's free so they can get some fans to watch it or something along those yeah. lines to see what the access is like or like a free trial at the beginning like the nba or all these uh, nba all access all those different channels and yeah. shelves where they go like oh the first two weeks of the season are free and people yep. go oh my god this is awesome let yeah. me subscribe to this service and so like not knowing i'm the kind of guy who's like i don't know if i want to pay for this i don't know what the service is gonna be like and i had a subscription to fast hockey so i, I know some really crappy broadcasts watching junior hockey players yeah yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> but uh, i just hired someone at you at uh Orno Brewing Company. I just hired a, a, a ath or a former student athlete. He uh, is at UMaine. He used to play junior hockey and all that stuff too. So um, it's fun shooting the shit with him about different junior hockeys and all that stuff. And he's like, he could have gone and played a Division three school, got a scholarship, like you know, got that scholarship, but an opportunity to play on the team and do something. But none of the schools that he wanted to play at or willing to play at had the major that he wanted. And so it's like he gave up hockey to come to UMaine to, to, to have the major he wanted. Cause he's yeah. like, if I go play a division three school, I'm going to play a couple more years of hockey. Likely maybe get to go pro in some lower leagues, make a little bit of money. 
but then I don't have the career that I want. And so it's like he had to decide whether or not to actually, you know, pursue playing more hockey and stick to that or think about his future. And he decided to think about his future. But yeah, uh, having some little conversations about junior hockey was pretty fun too. Because like I said, I've watched some really crappy junior hockey games on fast hockey with like, they broadcast whatever they show on the Jumbotron. So you see all the (laughs) ads. And you see That's all the advertisers and like, oh, pick the puck. Where'd the puck go? And it's like the kiss cams on there and all these different things. And I'm just like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my favorite. That and when uh, this even happens with, with the college broadcast, sometimes they'll go to break. The announcers will go to break on whatever radio station they're on, but the stream doesn't go to break. So they'll go to break and then you'll just see crowd shots and you'll hear the guys talking to each other. Like, so like, oh, we'll be right back, you know, with Minnesota State hockey or whatever. And they go to break and they just hear like, oh, man, that was a terrible save. Like, terrible goal. I can't believe you didn't stop that. You just <laughs> completely. That's all access right there. That is all access. Guys. <laughs> That's what I wanted with this NBA bubble because of how quiet the places have been. I, I've wanted them to just like have a where you can spend premium dollars online to hear like absolutely everything that's said on the court. Yes. Like them Take jarring the announcers each other. Off. Don't even put the announcers on. Just hang mics from the ceiling and like, or have boom mics on a track following where the ball's going, and you can just listen to the guys talk. I think that'd be awesome. Because they have TNT uh, OT, is it, which is really annoying to say. But um, if you have – I have NBA's – because I'm a big NBA fan. I have an NBA's um, subscription service. And if you try to play a game that's on TNT, obviously they don't let you watch it, but they let you watch what's called TNT OT, which is basically like different camera angles. They have above the backboard. They have like, oh, ESPN uh, does that too. Yeah, and they have, but they have one that sh- that showcases a specific player, and like say you know LeBron James is the player. They just follow that player the entire time he's on the court. That includes him sitting on a bench. He could be blowing his <laughs> they don't nose, change it. and they don't change it. The thing that always bothered me is like, okay, that's kind of cool, but like I feel like it should be like a tier of players. So like if LeBron's in the court, follows him. If LeBron's on the court, not on the court, but AD is, then AD gets it. If AD, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And then watch the guy sitting down. But the idea, the other stupid part is the guy puts up a shot. They don't follow the ball. They literally, oh, they like, you don't know if he makes guy? it. They just, they just on the guy. I'm like, wh- who watches this? Who yeah. watches this? And TNT is, is paying someone to follow up a specific player with a special camera, obviously, because it's not any yeah. of the broadcast cameras for someone to watch this potentially. I'm like a better thing would be 1999 for the game extra all access explicit, you know, not yeah. you know mature content yep. hear them jarring back at each other and all that stuff that is all like that would be something I would, i'd pay for i would absolutely pay for that the other one i like i saw it uh espn has been using it like the front row cam have you seen those that? are awesome I, uh, my, that's an, i love the, that angle the brewmaster at uh, orna brewing company and i have talked about that i really hope they keep that when they go back out of the bubble next year yeah that is a badass like, angle where it's just one like, of the things too like if you watch it on the app you can, if you go on like the Watch ESPN app, there's an option where you can stream the game and, and watch the whole thing from that angle. It's like so sitting that, in front row seats. It's like yeah, it's paying just the $500 dollars. Yeah, like the, the the thing just slides up and down, so it's unbelievable. And watching like the replays of someone making a last second shot or a three really really like weird three pointer and seeing it from that angle, it's like it's you don't get that normally. So there's been some yeah. things about these bubbles that have been amazing, and that's one of them. Um, you know. We will tell you right now that the NHL and the NBA have done it right. It looks like they've done their whole, like their bubble version of whatever version of bubble is better or whatever, but like no one's really caught COVID in those bubbles and things have gone well. And I feel like it's weird not seeing home guys advantage and home basketball court advantage, advantage, but like it's still really pretty sweet to see, you know, 
you turn on a game and it's like, I know this is what's going on right now. This is a bubble game. This is on a repeat because I can see the specific arena and there's nothing behind there and all that stuff. But it's been pretty cool to watch that. So if the NH or any NCAA could do that some sort of way with, like you said, the two months, two and a half months of nothing would be really no, no students on campus um, and make it safe. I think I would be excited to watch hockey again, college yeah. hockey again, for sure. Yeah, me too. And I think, you know, ultimately too, the, the, the student athletes all seem to want to play. That, that's the most important thing. Like, uh, at least I know from talking to the, the guys over at Merrimack, like their, their players just want to play, like figure out a, a way that we can do it safely, but we want to play. Like, that's why we're here. We don't want to have to lose years of eligibility. We don't have to want to, we don't want to have to go to, what if these guys want to retain? Oh, okay. So they may get their eligibility back, but they're still going to school. So how many of them want to stay in school an extra year, just taking nothing classes to play an extra year of eligibility? I mean, it messes up a lot of a lot of career paths. Even you have guys that maybe, like you said, you know, aren't necessarily going to even try to play pro hockey after this. This happens all the time. Guy graduates from a D1 school, he's got a really good job lined up, and he goes and takes that job. Well, you don't want him to you know lose a season, especially if he's a senior, lose your last season. Uh, and I think that happened with some of the spring athletes in the spring, even the ones that got extended the ability to, to have their eligibility, eligibility brought back for another year. Not all of them, you know, took that opportunity for obvious reasons. So if there's, a, and I think there is, I mean, I think, like you said, we've seen enough, enough leagues go back and play and do it in a way that's safe that I think you can figure out a way from uh, in a college hockey standpoint, probably league by league to, to allow the student athletes the opportunity to still play. I'm also not naive. Hockey East has it pretty easy compared to some of the other ones where, I mean, all, with the exception of two opponents, you really don't need a hotel trip for any of your road games. And, and, and the, also the, the benefit we get as a Hockey East conference is the fact that you also don't have Notre Dame in there anymore either. So you're not traveling yeah. states away. It's basically all Northeast New England area. So it's not, you're not traveling into places that potentially could be way worse than it is in New England yeah. uh, to play hockey too. I mean, are they teams training together? Are they like together now or are each individual teams? They're actually still like on campus together. As far as I know. Yeah. I know Merrimack actually skated last week. Uh, I think more than just once, but there's there a BC I know has already practiced. I'm sure other schools have as well. Uh, they're allowed as the, the current rule it, under a normal circumstance, they could start practice officially on October 1st, but they've got, I think, eight hours a week that they can be on the ice with the team in September. So that has begun for a lot of schools. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that everybody's on the ice because I don't think some have had approval to yet. But uh, BU, I think I read, was going back on the 7th, so they're now in their second week, you know, this week. Um, yeah, it, I think it, it's probably on a school-by-school school basis, but I know a lot of the schools have their kids on the ice and they're at least doing something, you know, preparation standpoint. And, uh, working on it. I saw pictures of Merrimack on the on the ice last week. They all had had masks on during practice, but they were they were out there. So, are there any big names like that didn't come back or, or that are not coming back to didn't go back to school because of COVID, or is it just basically status quo right now? Uh, status quo, I think for now. Uh, there was a couple of big names that aren't coming back. I think that you know that are probably pro signings more. They, they were probably going to go anyway. Uh, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that isn't coming back due to COVID. There's a couple of guys that I know were seniors last year who are now, you know, playing in Europe instead of playing in the AHL because they can't get back into the country. Like, I, I think, I don't know. And you know what? That being said, there's got to be, and I haven't heard any stories of this yet, but college hockey is so broad now. There's players from Finland and Sweden and 
there's got to be a player somewhere that went home for the summer and can't get back in, I would imagine. Well, yeah, but also, would you think that those players that if schools got shut down in March, that they, I guess they could have left the country now that I'm thinking about it, but like, because it was so early. Well, I mean, a lot of these students finished school, so I don't know. Maybe if maybe they were here, go home. The maybe they yeah. didn't go home because of the yeah. fact that they don't. They got an apartment in the United States because by the time school ended in May and into June, maybe it was just like, well, maybe I'll just stay over here instead of going home. But I don't know. Yeah, because I don't know. The, at that time, the United States wasn't as bad as like other places too. Like True. It, we were not. Right now, it's a shit show, but like back then, it wasn't <laughs> as bad as it is now. But um, it's just interesting to see. Uh, I'm just surprised because there are people who just don't come back to do things. I mean, there's people who didn't go to the NBA bubble or the NHL bubble yeah. because they didn't want to play. And so it would be interesting to see, obviously, some of these top players, you could actually do that. Like a player that's like a top draft pick in the NHL who's playing college hockey knows that likely they're going to be able to play in the NHL at some point anyway. They could have just said, hey, for safety reasons, I'm not going to come play. And, and it might look bad on them, but it also I don't think a lot of people are going to judge that right now. Yeah. I mean, people gave some people shit, but other than that, I think some people just can't like, Hey, can I come back whenever or whatever? I mean, I mean sometimes maybe they can't, I don't know. Yeah. No, I know. I know a couple of recruits that, that opted to play elsewhere, like Canadian recruits. Uh, Merrimack had one that is going to play another year of juniors instead of coming to school right now. Um, and then there's, there's a couple of others, I think that were higher end recruits that are going to play major junior instead of playing college hockey for the year. And I think a lot of that had to do with at the time, the major junior leagues were announcing that they were going to play and we hadn't heard anything about college hockey yet. So guys that, especially the guys that were going into their draft year, not the guys that had already been drafted, but the guys that were going into their draft year that were like, well, I can't not play this year. I'm, I'm supposed to get picked next year. I think those guys, some of them opted. Those, I think one was a BC recruit and one was a Penn State recruit that they opted to go to go play major junior. I think to guarantee that they were they would play in their draft year. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if uh, the, I say safety and, and some people not want excuse me wanting to play because of COVID, but I'm wondering if some of these people decided to play one year more of your juniors because they don't know if the actual. Um, college hockey was going to happen so like if i know yeah. that potentially in junior hockey is going to happen or even if it doesn't happen again at least i don't have to go in to go to school and just be in school and lose a year of eligibility or use lose a year and, and actually you know um have to go to school for a year uh, if i could just stay and play junior hockey for another year why not do that if yeah. i don't know that, yeah if i don't know yeah, especially the freshmen because they have the ability if they're young enough to still get that one more year without it really hurting them so that's pretty interesting uh um so you start, did you start the Mac report right after you got out of school or did you? Pretty much. Yeah. I graduated in May of, oh, so trying to remember May of 06. You're getting old. And I know. And then I didn't do any, I didn't start with the Tribune until that September. The first thing I did was the first day that I worked there was the hockey's media day for 2006. That was my wow. first day. So I think I started the Mac report a few weeks after it was a couple of weeks into that season because I would go to the games, I'd write a game story and then I'd be like, well, I've got like, you know, five or six other things here. They just don't fit. And we only had 12 inches of space. So I had to cut out like 400 words, but like, this is still stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the, the big inspiration for it at the time was Fudo Shinzawa was, was doing a Bruins blog for the globe was boston.com. And it was when it was still, that was basically the Globe's website. 
and I followed his stuff every single day. And that's where he would just throw up a lot of ra- – like, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. It was just mm-hmm. random blog posts with random stuff. Like, here are the line combinations of practice, and here's a couple of notes. It was basically just, you know, little notes posts uh, once a day, once every other day. So it kind of started uh, out of that. And then it expanded and started to grow. 2012, I think, is when I started to cover all the other sports. But there was, like, the first six years, it was just random posts about college hockey. And a lot of it was recruiting alumni updates and then stuff that just didn't fit, you know, in the newspaper. If there was a note about a guy potentially coming back from an injury or or whatever, it kind of was used to just supplement the newspaper coverage. And then 2012 was when it really kind of evolved and just became something that was – it's its own news source as opposed to just supplementing what I was doing in the Tribune. And then you started obviously at College Hockey News. Is that because of your work at the Mac Report that went to College Hockey News or how did that relationship begin? That started before anything actually. Oh really? Uh, so Mike Macnick, who does Merrimack yeah. Radio, uh, he helped launch College Hockey News in 2006. The first time I ever covered anything was the 2006 hockey's tournament uh chn had just started and mike was going to be going to the garden for the hockey semifinals and he said we i need someone to go with me adam woden who also who owns chn uh he's interested you know are you interested in just doing and, and helping out can you write for us he, he knew i wanted to get involved in media and somehow but i'd never written anything ever <laughs> Uh, so I actually went, I remember doing this. I sat in my apartment on a Saturday morning, probably in February, and wrote up a fake game story from the Merrimack UMass Lowell game from the night before. And I, not fake games, like I used all the real details, but like fake mm-hmm. isn't like I just made up quotes. And I sent it to, to them both and I was like, let me know what you think. And they were both like, this is fantastic. Like, yeah, if you want to write, come on board and write. So I covered the hockey tournament the first weekend, BC beat BU or BU beat BC in the correct final, in think. the final in overtime two two one in overtime. Do you know who the MVP was? Oh man, two thousand six. Oh, was it? Uh, what was his name? I'm his drawing. last name is weird. Not weird, but boring. Yeah, yeah. David, David, something, David, he's a winger. Vander Gulick. Vander Gulick. David, David Vander Gulick. That's just funny. I had it. I had the hockey championship history in front of me on my computer. (laughs) Yeah. Boston university. That was the, the what? One, two, three, four, like like six, seven years at Boston university or Boston college all played in the championship game. Yeah. So Um, that, that was that first weekend and then that went well. And then the next weekend they needed someone to help cover the regionals in Worcester and I was asked to do that so I did that too and then from there I've been with CHN kind of ever since and it's funny because I, I like to talk to people about you know covering college hockey and, and so on and you have your two big names your college hockey news and your USCHO and but also one of the benefits we get for college hockey in being this hub first of all uh, hockey East and a selfish aspect of it is one of the greatest college hockey conferences in the country, but also it's like, it's up there. Like if anybody has to argue with that, there's, there's, there's just no arguing the fact that they're one of the top ones. Yeah, like, yeah. And, but the, also the part about it is, is cause we were in the Northeast like this in the when we were living, when I was living in Massachusetts is 
the luckiness that we every year we basically got a regional championship. Like every year there was some sort of regionals. And then multiple years, I was able to drive to Providence for one yeah. night, the next night I drive to New Hampshire and sometimes go to New Hampshire. <laughs> and so sometimes we got two and it, it was really kind of a cool experience. And then we, when I was covering UMass Lowell, was able to also, I mean, UMass Lowell wasn't in the Frozen Four, but I was also to be around and help write for Inside Hockey um, with, for Kevin and uh, do the uh, Frozen Four at the Garden, which is really cool, which is one of the historically bad logos for a Frozen Four. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was, <laughs> it was like, just horrible. like a statue of like Paul yeah. Revere or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the colors are like the Celtics colors, but not like, the Celtics colors. It was it was green like, and gold or something. It was really bad. It wasn't even like a dark green and gold. It was like green and yellow even. It yeah. wasn't even, it was weird. Yeah. I was like, oh God, are you serious right now? But um, <laughs> yeah, it was like one of the benefits you get of covering college hockey in New England or in Massachusetts per se also is you're in the center of everything. Yeah. And how many teams when you got Merrimack College, UMass Lowell, uh, BU, BC, and Northeastern all within what, 40 minutes of each other. And then you have UNH, which is what, what from us and you were in North, you live in North Andover, right? So it's, or you were in North Andover. Yeah. 40 minutes from there. 40 minutes there. And then if you wanted to take the trip a couple hours out to the Western Massachusetts, you've got you know, UMass. And then if you go to Connecticut, I mean, it was just, it was just yeah. like so easy to get at Providence. It's so easy you to go get to every everywhere. Game. With, yeah. a, with the exception of like, if you're, if you're Vermont, a fan Maine. of, yeah, if you're a fan of any of the teams that are, that are South of, of UNH, Yes. You could go to any road game and, you want and not have to stay in a hotel. And that's what we used to ask each other. After leaving Friday night, we'd be like, where are you to no- tomorrow night? Where are you tomorrow night? Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you know, like people up at UMaine are like, where are you tomorrow night? Uh, next to you in this press box? Because yeah, I'm like, I can't spot. go anywhere else. <laughs> and, but, but down in Massachusetts, it was like, you could just be like, where are you tomorrow night? Ah, I think I'm going to go to Merrimack. Because like UMass Lowell would have a game off or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I'll cover the Warriors. That'd be fun. So I'd go up there and it was just, and I was living in Andover at the time. So it was really easy, obviously, to get to North Andover at Merrimack yeah. College. And so, um, but yeah, UNH or sorry, um, UMaine and Vermont. And then when Notre Dame was in this, in the conference, those are the ones that were just like impossible to really get to. Yeah. You, you can. And I would always ask you, like, are you going up? Or when I moved back up here, I was like the first couple of games that you, uh, Merrimack played up here. I was like, are you coming up? Or yeah. I'll talk to the guys from UMass Lowell and be like, you guys making your way up here. And, and so, uh, cause it wasn't a guarantee. <laughs> And not, you it's not Lowell, always, yeah. I mean, if UMass Lowell was playing Merrimack, I didn't have to, you didn't have to ask me if I was going to be there. You knew I was going to be there. Yeah, it was, exactly. so, oh, instead of driving 15 minutes south of here, I'm going to drive five minutes north of here to get to the game. <laughs> it was closer for me to get to Merrimack College than it was for you to get to UMass Lowell. But, yeah, no, and I st- I'll still usually – Maine and Vermont, I'll, I'll usually get to – I got to, again, kids, I got to see, see what their schedules look like. Uh, if they don't need to be in two places at the same time, so I'm not asking my wife to go to two places at the same time, then I can usually, I usually will still make those weekends. Sometimes, not going to lie, UMass and, and UConn get a little tough. Uh, UConn especially, because UConn will get weird ones where they share the building with the AHL team. You get like a 3 p.m. game on a Saturday, and I was like, well, that's just not going to work. Or even a Sunday or like a, a you know, 6 p.m. game on a Thursday. It was just yeah, the weirdest yeah. things. Yeah, it just – but um, it was always nice for me because my parents live in Connecticut. So it was like, oh. I didn't have to pay for a hotel or like just go down, be an excuse to visit my parents. Hey, I'm coming to visit you. Oh, by the way, I have a hockey game tonight. But, yeah. th- but they don't come to come visit you. The XL Center's not bad. They got a hotel that connects to the building. The problem is, is every single time I've been down there for anything and I've, and I've looked at how much a room is at that hotel, it's like $300 a night. Like this isn't Manhattan. Like <laughs> no offense to Hartford, but no. I'm not spending 380 to stay at the Hartford Hilton. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was, I would say that the years I covered, you uh, you know, uh, UConn at that arena, they were, they had some, like, they have some fun games there because it's a, it's not, 
I don't know. It's a different environment because the Excel Center is not brand new, but it had this like, I don't know. It's cool. Like UMass Lowell, you had that a luckiness, luckiness, the, the lucky part of having a AHL arena that was retrofitted into a college hockey arena. Yeah. I mean, it, that was cool, but it was like a much bigger arena. I mean, the, the arena itself must be, is it? It's because it's, it's just has longer t- upper tiers, right? That's what it is. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, probably, I, I bet it's capacity wise, it might be twice the size of yeah. Songs. Well, because that's where the, the Har- Hartford Whalers played, right? Yeah. In that area. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, it's a professional hockey arena. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was small for NHL, but like, I bet there's 13, 14,000 seats in there. Were you ever up I mean, on where their, where their radio guys had to be? Oh, like, I know. I know where they are, though, because I used to look for uh, Bob. Bob up there and Jimmy up there. I mean, that's like, that seems scary. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I yell at the, every time we're there, cause it's UConn, they don't have any other guests yeah. usually. So Mike will be like, Hey, do you want to do second intermission? I'm like, okay. I got to go all the way up there. Okay. It, it's a catwalk. I mean, for people that don't know, you literally have to walk across the catwalk at the top. Can of you the drop year. a microphone down with a cord and I'll stand down here. <laughs> the thing is too, there's one spot where like the floor buckles a little bit. Cause it's like, it's, sheets of plywood with carpet on the catwalk and i don't think it's it's not going to break but it's like it, it's just the plywood's bowed a little bit so when you step on it like it just drops like a quarter of an inch the first time i i, I froze like i stood there with my hands on the railing on each side being like i can't go anymore because i'm just looking at you're at the roof of the building you're looking down at the the scoreboard and everybody below you and i'm like that's it this is how it's going to end i'm going to die at the excel center Michael, uh, how'd you get paralyzed? Well, I, uh, I was doing a radio interview in the second <laughs> at a hockey arena. What? And everything is still like, there's a bunch of stuff up there that you can tell they left there when the whalers left. There's like old fax machines, old copy machines that, that look like they're out of 1995. Old fax machines. Maybe someone's contract was faxed on that thing. You <laughs> pick one up and try to sell them. There's like file cabinets. You open it up, and it's got like stickers and stuff, and old pieces of paper with like Whalers and Hartford Wolfpack logos on them. And it's like you can tell this stuff is like a time capsule. It's just it's it's studio because I bet no one's wanted to climb across a catwalk to bring all that equipment down. So it just it all stayed up there. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you just have a fun time throwing them down if they ever do renovations. So you just throw all the shit down and worry about it hitting. Yeah. Anything. Let it break. Let it break. I uh back I don't know how long ago thinking about the Hartford Whalers. I started a Facebook page years ago like i'm talking probably 2006 bring back the hartford whalers and at bring back whalers is the is the uh you know facebook thing i get likes every single week on this page it has <laughs> 1580 likes on the page i have done I last time i posted anything was 2015 and that was self-promotion of mill city sports i was trying to get my people to like my page Right. And then before that, I uploaded a new Facebook header photo in 2013. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of funny how like every once in a while, like, I don't, I don't want to delete it, but I get these notifications like, Oh, page notification. I'm like, what's that? Oh, someone just liked to bring back the Hartford Realist page I created when I was like you know, 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff stays around. Yeah, so we covered hockey together. We covered um, what I want to chat a little bit about now that we know that. So, so let's wrap up a little bit of hockey talk. So looks like November, hopefully, is college hockey. Likely conference only, right? That's what you were saying. I it's like so, yeah. you know, likelihood. There's not even no 
Canadian uh, exhibition games like we normally get in hockey. <laughs> nope. Um, uh, guessing no U18 USA games that are going to happen this year against us, so. against the hockey, college hockey team. I think, yeah, um, they, they play in the USHL too, so I think they'll probably just stick to that schedule would be my guess. And so, and then we have uh, hopefully trying to get it within a couple of months to try to like get it so there's their own little bubble, we want to call it. Um, which will be pretty cool because I'm excited. So like for a couple of years, it was just me moving up here and trying to get my life situated in this area that I lost track. Like I didn't even like, luckily again, luckily it was a couple of years that UMass still had a little bit of a slump and I was like, Oh, this is pretty like, you know, I'm going to check it on them. And, and then I would only cheer or go to games and they played UMaine and so on. And, and now I work for the Orono Brewing Company, which is in, it's 10, five, six minutes to the University of Maine. I was going to say, yeah, it's got to be right down the street. So, like, <laughs> we host things all the time. I've had bananas at our brewery. Uh, we do – we're a sponsor of the team. So, like, we have different events that we do. We've had the football coach over. So, it's it's really – I don't walk in with a sweatshirt on, I'll tell you that much. I, I, I have done it. smart. I have done it as a, as a sarcastic thing, but then I just I, – I didn't get the guts to actually, like – keep keep it on so i just put it away but i mean i just went to the basement to get this this is in my clothes i didn't even take it out um for a couple of years now but i was like oh the winter clothes i brought the winter clothes up i'm like oh i'm talking to mike i'll put my there sweatshirt you go. <laughs> 2013 um but we also used to cover mixed martial arts and we, we were um lucky enough to do combat zone um in, in new hampshire which is now in a different spot right because they're not even at because the, the racetrack doesn't exist anymore they, they tore that down. down they tore it down they're in the middle of building like a giant development there right now i think it's going to be it's going to be apartments and like a bunch of outdoor cho- uh, excuse me a bunch of outdoor shopping and then but now they, so they moved to the radisson i think it is in man is it manchester not manchester yes. um is it is it manchester i think it is yes. manchester and the radisson i haven't been there. to any yeah i haven't been to any of the new shows or the shows since they moved it, but that there's a giant Radisson with like ballrooms and conference room space almost right across the street from the well now it's the SNHU arena the old yeah. Verizon arena so it's not far from there um that uh but that was uh I had a, I think I went to a wedding at that place honestly is that the one that looks like a castle yeah yeah, yeah. it's like if you go past the arena and then it gets down yeah. on the left hand side I think and so uh our buddy Calvin, does he still run it or is he still, is he like someone else running it for him? Do you know what's up with I that? Get, or? So I don't know. I get the impression that his brother is doing more of the like day-to-day operations of, of the promotion. Uh, I'll get emails and stuff from them every once in a while. And the contact info is always his older brother, not him, which makes sense. I mean, he's a top 10 ranked so to say, so Calvin Cater is the, is, the, is the guy we're talking about who is a USC fighter now, which we did back, I don't know, it was a long time ago. We did a talk, I, did, I talked to you about um, is, when's his next break? I, I, I can't find the article. I feel like it's still on Mill City Sports probably somewhere. But talking about Calvin and do you think the UFC is next? And it was a little while later. It was like a year or two later. But he ended up getting a shot in the UFC. And he's done respectably well to the point where he's a top 10, uh, was it, is he featherweight? He's a featherweight, yeah. yeah. Top 10 featherweight in the, uh, in the UFC right now. And had some losses so far, but he's been able to keep himself at least growing and beating some big, tough competition. Um, and I love following him. I'm so excited to see when he wins. And I love watching yeah. him fight because he's such a good, uh, good fighter. But, um, yeah, so we used to cover the time. Like people, someone would fall onto the mat on the, on the, in, the, in the ring, and uh, they'd have to stop the fight because it was like the, the you know, plywood broke and all that like this other like <laughs> rinky dink places and stuff like that in the uh i remember like i said i only covered them when they were at the um racetrack in 
Nashua. Um, but it was uh, seeing Calvin just walk around and running this little tiny promotion uh, in, Man- uh, in New Hampshire, and then now seeing him fight in front of thousands and thousands of people with millions of people watching online, traveling all over the world. It's really cool to see. I mean, I, I, just, I just love seeing it. Yeah, and he's headlined. Some, I mean, they, I don't, they obviously hasn't headlined a pay-per-view yet, but there's been a couple of like cards on ESPN, like fight night cards where he's been the headline. Like it's been uh, UFC fight night, whatever USC on ESPN cater versus whoever, I forget who was facing, but I think there's been two of those now where he's been the main event. So that tells you something. I mean, he goes, well, Boston finisher, right? That's the nickname. Yeah. I mean, his fights tend to usually be pretty exciting and they tend to usually not go the distance. So, so now he's what two, four, he's six and two in the UFC. Uh, he made his uh, UFC debut in 2017 um, against uh, Andre Feely, Touchy Feely. He a couple uh, years off, too, didn't he? Before yeah, that? he had some time off of there in a little bit. He, he didn't do, like, a whole year's, but I think, like, he didn't fight for, I don't know. Well, I guess not really. He fought 2017 July and then January of 2018 and April of 18 and then October of 18. But he took time off between, yeah, he took 2013 to 2016 off. Um when he was fighting at combat zone he came back at combat zone did a ces fight and then combat zone a couple of ces fights and that's when he, when he got his break um but yeah he has a uh, one two three four tkos or ko's uh, a couple decisions and even his losses have always been decisions that's the big thing with him it's like yeah he either yeah. wins by knockout or, or finish and, or he loses by decision it's like he's in at least he's gonna stay in the battle he's not gonna you know duck out early Yep. Yeah, I covered one of those CES fights too. The one there was one in Providence, I think, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. I forget. Yes. It's Saul Almeida. Real pain. Yes. Yeah, Saul, Saul Almeida. Yeah, he was a pretty good fighter too. He uh, was. Both I those honestly guys. thought he was going to make it to the like make it big yeah. too, and it's just like both it just of those guys like... were supposed to, because that was and a big he, fight. And he won. That, and it wasn't the main event. That was the one. Uh, that was the show that Dave Batista. Uh, fought in the main event his one and only mma fight before he went on to become drax <laughs> that's unbelievable uh, but yeah so he fought yeah he's fighting six eight times in the ufc he's got two fight of the night uh bonuses one of them was in boston uh ufc 220 uh, in 2018 he got a tko against shane burgos what do you mean he's, fought, he's beat ricardo lamas and he's beat jeremy stevens yeah he's beat good Those fighters. Are some big names yeah. i mean like big names, so it's really cool to see that. And I don't know; it doesn't have on here what his next fight is, because uh, he just fought in July. He won by unanimous decision. Um, but oh, yeah, he's also got, the one of the fight of the nights though uh, was a loss. The loss to the uh, Russian dude, the guy with a Zabit with a wicked long last name, which starts with an M. Oh, uh, Moscow. That yeah, was the uh, uh, his uh, first main event. UFC fight night, that guy's last name and versus Cater. And then he did Dan Ige, 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 yeah, on UFC on ESPN. That was his last fight in July. Uh, unanimous decision win. He was a uh, headliner of that one, too. Yeah, the, uh, uh, Magna, was it Magna Masharapov or something like that? I don't even know how to say it. I was trying to find a way that uh, Wikipedia doesn't have like a pronunciation on it, but it's a long last name. But yeah, but uh, he's fought he's fought good fighters. I mean, I think that's why he's in a pretty safe spot right now. He's not really going to go anywhere. I mean, even if he loses his next fight, whenever that's going to be, it's not like he's going to be in trouble of getting cut. He's he's in a he's on pretty solid ground for the time being. 
I mean, he has a six fight con or now it's five fights left in that contract. Cause the, the fight in July was his first fight on the six fight contract, which means nothing in the USC yeah. so, means that they're going to continue to give you fights. If you continue to win, but if you lose, they can just delete that contract. They're just, they're just but, they want. Um, it's, it's nice to see that he actually is like doing, he's 22 and four uh, professionally out of 26 matches now. Uh, he's 32. So it is that point where he did start his career late. So it's not like he's going to yeah. have 40 fights under him. Um, likely before he retires from the NHL, uh, sorry, NHL, but uh, retires from the uh, UFC. Um, he just has he to be is, smart. Yes. Like, be smart my, who you fight. If he can keep moving up the rankings, he needs to win probably two or three more. But if he beats two or three of those top seven contenders, he's probably going to get a title fight. I mean, one of his only losses, so they said he went six and two, Zabit, that guy I was talking about, is number three in the featherweights. Yeah. He's number six. So, like, the only, one of his only two losses in, in the UFC has been against someone who's ranked third in his division. Yeah. So, it's not like he's losing against scrappy, crappy people. He's losing against people that should be up there. The guy who's 18 and one in, yeah. the UFC, or in professional MMA. Yeah. So, if he keeps, I mean, if he can keep performing well against, obviously, if he ends up fighting a guy below him, like you said, at 32 years old, he's probably at a spot, at a spot now where he's got to go for it. Like, I would imagine if he's number six, he wants to fight number three again or number four he need he, this is the time where he's got to kind of have to go for it and see if you can get to the the top ranked guy in the division because if you're just fighting guys below you yeah i mean what's the benefit if you beat the guy yeah you're supposed to beat him and if they beat you it's like well holy hell maybe you're not as good as we thought you were and now you drop from six to ten or from six to out of the top ten altogether so i would imagine he's at the point now where he's gonna be picking his spots and wants to face someone that can get him to climb the ladder you know because he's fought i mean the top 15 fighters he's taught fought it's your shane burgos he's fought dan Ige or whatever i don't know how to say his last name jeremy stevens he's beat them all he fought zabit also top fighter uh you have yair yair rodriguez who's six or fifth right above him chan sung jung who's number four zabit number three brian ortega and max holloway so i could see him you know fighting a fourth uh you know chan or even number two, Brian Ortega, but like I don't know who they are lined up against and stuff like that. So it would it would be nice to see him revenge Zabit and get that fight again, so that he can yeah. move up in the rankings, but also get a win over someone who's beat him before, which would be pretty cool. But every Maybe time he's on, Moscow, I'm too. always just like, okay, I don't care what I'm doing, I'll, yeah. I'll do it, I'll watch it. I mean, because also where benefit is ninety percent of the time he's on those fight nights that I get to see for on cable television anyway. So <laughs> not by the exactly. pay per view. Exactly, and hopefully if he gets a rematch there, he's not having to take the fight in Moscow. <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't have to be in Boston, but maybe somewhere that is a little closer than I can't imagine the travel. Who knows when he went out there? But the travel of okay, I'm going to not only go to a different country, but I'm going to go halfway across the world to fight a guy. I mean, it, even if you went out there w with a week in advance, is your body fully adjusted? I mean, like that's that's a lot. And he fought a guy who's from Russia at a main yeah. event in Russia who was 18 or 17 and one or whatever he was, 16 and, and who one didn't have to travel fight. at all. So it's like you're doing all this travel. The guy you're fighting doesn't have to travel at all. So that, that day you spent in the air on a plane, he spent, you know, in his gym or whatever, <laughs> didn't have to go through a time change, didn't have jet lag. Like who knows how much that affects a guy. Correct. I mean, and then he, he, you see, he's fought in Boston a couple of times now. But Boston hasn't had a card since what? 2018 i think so i think that was the last one yeah so i think we should i mean let's go boston but mm -hmm. they won't have it anytime soon because they're fighting in vegas and florida and things like that now anyway so. i wouldn't mind if they did a bangor one again that was fun i, I went up to that show too 
Uh, that was unbelievable. That was one of those weird nights though. I, I, I didn't book a hotel because I thought I was going to do this. I thought I was going to do that. And I was living in Massachusetts. So I was like, I won't get one. I went to contact a hotel place because the UFC was in town. There was no hotels available <laughs> on the night. So then I was like, I'll just sleep in my car in the Walmart parking lot. Then I'll get up early in the morning. I couldn't fall asleep in the car. Because I mean, you know, I mean, that's the difference between hockey and covering MMA. If you go to MMA fight and actually do all the fights, you're there at two o'clock in the afternoon to do like set up and a lot of stuff. And maybe, maybe three o'clock, you get the first bites at four usually or six, depending on when yeah. it is. And then yeah. you, your main event doesn't go on until 1130. And then you've got post fight press conferences. Which and then don't you're end right. up at 2 a.m. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, now it's 2.30 in the morning. And now what do I do? So I slept in my car for a little bit. And then I said, screw it. And I just got in my car and drove back to Massachusetts, got back at Ooh. like six o'clock in the morning and um, went to bed. And then luckily it was a Saturday into a Sunday. So I had the day off, but it was, it was a rough time. It's a rough uh, day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another reason why I, I can't imagine some of these people who are UFC co- commentators, or UFC people who fight, who, I mean, especially the commentators who literally have to be there from beginning to end. And every weekend sometimes now with the UFC, it's just, it's being and a that's why they got so many teams now too. Like it's the, where they got like two or three different announced teams at least. Uh, but being a full-time MMA journalist would be, uh, would be, I can't imagine now because you used to be able to do it. You used to be able to do it. No problem. Like you said, you get a one event a month. That was fine. Now you, now you have seen the point where they're literally on the on television at least once a week. At least sometimes it's Friday night and Saturday night, depending yeah. on what it is. It's a, it is pretty, I like it as an MMA fighter. I'm like pumped about it. Cause it's like, it's turning into a college hockey where like, Oh, it could be Friday, yeah. Saturday night. It'd be kind of cool. And a lot of it's on ESPN or whatever. And so you can just turn it on and, and watch it and, and see what's going on. But like, I know. And then you have some of these pay-per-views now where they're charging a hundred dollars and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, but it's, you know, it's cool to see that, you know, uh, UFC is back as well. Uh, and they've been able to do it most of the way. I mean, they haven't had really any serious issues. They've had some people get COVID, but they don't, no, get not give it to anybody else. Yeah. Um, and then, um, to see that, you know, Calvin actually has made it now and, and become the fighter that he is. Cause I love Calvin. He's super nice dude like genuine down to earth yeah. kind of guy. And, and he, um, fights well, he backs his words up, but he also, uh, uh, it was cool to see him fight in combat zone, knowing that one day this guy's going to be something and to see him walking around running combat zone and then eventually getting back into the ring, uh, and fighting before he ended up going to a different, um, I'm wondering though, the, the fight he did in 2013 was his last combat zone. Fight. That was before he bought combat zone, right? Is my guess. No, because he was he bought it back I remember. in. But because he fought in CES, then he went back to Combat Zone Maybe? for one fight, and then he waited three years. So honestly, it probably was thirteen ish that he bought it. it sounds like yeah. So it looks like zone, I just googled yeah, it. Here. I did a story about him buying it in September of two thousand thirteen, in the Eagle Tribune. Fought June of thirteen, so he fought just prior to it. So yeah, I wonder, but I don't he know what he June, bought. It. And then he bought it, and then didn't fight for three more years, and went to his first fight back was at CES. So he never did fight under his own promotion, which is good because that could get sketchy. Yeah, I would imagine he <laughs> wouldn't have, because yeah, so I, I, like, I bet uh... <laughs> this show in June, and I'd have to read the story. Of course, now it's behind the Eagle Tribute's paywall, so I'd have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I if I remember correctly. The old owner, which I think I think his name was Dan George or Dave George. 
I think he owned it when he fought. I think in the story I wrote, I remember him talking about this. I think he bought it after that fight. I think that fight, that June show, was the last one under the old owner. And then Calvin bought it, I think. Which would make sense because he took three years off after that from fighting. Yeah. He yeah. Fought I think June he was, 13, didn't fight again until April of 16. And he was kind of focused at that point on, on being a promoter. Uh, and then I don't know, but he was training. Like, he didn't stop training. That was the thing. He didn't stop training the entire time. I'm glad he didn't because, I mean, like I said, we got eight UFC fights so far under his belt. belt. Um, to think, of, think back on it, when we talked about Calvin, we used to talk about him and talk about going to Combat Zone, all that stuff back uh, in 2012, 13, 14, area, right around there. Um, and, well, yeah, when, when's his break? And now he's had eight fights in the UFC since then, which is just yeah. time flies in that aspect of it because like, it's, it's fa- fascinating to have. I mean, there's not very many people in the uh, UFC who sign on at that age and get eight fights, period, like, let alone continuing to fight in the UFC having a six-fight contract coming up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, usually you get guys that go in. I mean, if you don't win your first couple of fights, you're, you're done. Like, even when you, you don't win your first fight in a lot of cases you're done so i mean there's uh, people who have won them... tough people who have won the, the fight ultimate yeah. fighter who have had a couple of fights in the ufc and not actually ever done it again yep yeah i'm trying to see i just looked this up now so my first the first fight of his i covered was his one two three four eight that was his ninth fight Andrew Montanez. This is the first MMA event I covered was him in the main event against Andrew Montanez for American Steel Cage Fighting. September. I, say, I love these names for these uh, these yeah. <laughs> these different fighting things. Is American. And he he fought in the Elite XC too. He did right before that. He lost. He lost. Yeah. Uh, he lost. So he That's fought. American. He fought Andrew. Mont- it was American Steel Cage Fighting. It was in at the Ice Center in Salem. He was the main event, and it was a big deal because the guy who was trying to get that promotion off the ground was the guy who was Mickey Ward's manager. And I'd never heard of it, so it didn't get off the ground, I'm guessing. It didn't get off the ground. Uh, but the guy, I forget his name, Sal something? In the, the, the movie The Fighter, the, the, yes. the, guy, like, he, the guy was a character in the movie. He was the guy that was trying to get this MMA promotion off the ground. <laughs> Uh, and Cater uh, was in the middle of that. That's pretty funny. I want to say Sal Lapoli, but that's the guy who owns the pizza place. <laughs> but Sal does sound right anyway, because it sounds like such a Boston name. So it's like, but I love how it, it, the names like Extreme Elite XZ and the Extreme Championship Fight League. And yeah, that's love, they all sound like, I'm just like the UFC got it right with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Like, like literally, that is a one of the best names that's out there. So, uh, <laughs> But it's pretty cool to see him um, doing that. And he's from Massachusetts, too, which is cool because it's not just – he didn't just have a uh, MMA thing and move here later on in his life. He was born in Methuen. Um, so he's a North Shore born and raised kind of guy, which is pretty cool uh, to see him fight in the UFC. Sal Lanano, that was his name. Sal? Sal Lanano. He's, he's not the guy that owns Sal's Pizza, though, right? No. No, that's okay. the other Sal that I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, miss uh, Sal's Pizza. Yeah, I haven't had I, even I haven't had Sal's pizza in a while. I haven't had well, any no, pizza. Yeah, well, so, 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 in a while. Yeah. Really, get delivery or pickup, but yeah, even then. <laughs> but so, everything else good in your life? Kids are yeah. doing well. Wife's doing well. Everything else is doing pretty well. How about you? I know. Congratulations! I know you recently got married. I, just, yeah, I, I got married. Should have said that at the beginning of of the show. 
Uh, see, we got married and we didn't give anybody COVID. There's another wedding that we weren't the wedding in Maine that gave everybody COVID. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> um, people do that all the time. They're just like, oh, you got married. And I'm like, yeah, and I have to say something. I'm like, after two or three weeks, you're like, because they got oh, married. Yeah. The, the Mer- Mil- uh, Millinocket wedding was eight, August 7th. I got married August 8th. So, like, we talked oh, about it. My man. wife and I talked about it afterwards when we were on our honeymoon. I was like, because we went, to, we did um, the wedding on the 8th. We didn't go on our honeymoon until the 15th. So, we went back to work for a little bit. And then my boss owns a condo at Sugarloaf. And so we just went out to Sugarloaf Mountain and like did some waterfalls and hiking and nice. stuff like that just to stay in the state. We were supposed to go to Arizona, but obviously I'm not going to Arizona right now. And um, excuse me, um, I said if it was 10 days earlier, if that person was trying to get married July 31st or whatnot, I, we wouldn't have had our wedding. There's no <laughs> way we would have gone forward. I mean, I've, I've had other friends who have gone to weddings or have had weddings since we got married. But it's like that immediate reaction, like six, seven days later is when we found out what happened at this wedding. Like, can you, like, there's no way. Especially no in the way. same state. Like, especially no like in the same state. We're only, no Millinock is like 30 minutes, 35, 40 <laughs> minutes from here. It's not that far. So it's like, it's just, it's, uh, it was crazy to hear, but we were on our honeymoon being like, oh God. And then when we got about the two week, the three week mark after our wedding, we were like, thank God no one got it. Because like, yeah. we, had, we had 48 guests. We were supposed to have 80, but we ended up moving it down to 48. Uh, my parents and my older brother and then my aunt and uncle and grandmother were the only ones that weren't from Maine. So out of the 48, there were six out-of-staters. Um, they were from Connecticut and New Hampshire, which both were doing okay at the time yeah, in August yeah. um, for this. So we felt pretty comfortable. Um, we asked people to wear masks when they were at the buffet because we did have a buffet, a taco bar. Um, the, the caterer had special utensils for every individual person to use. So it was very well done. Yeah. And we were, we were happy and proud of what we were able to do. But it was relieving after three weeks of the wedding would be like, oh, okay, no one had said they have COVID. No one sure. got COVID. So it worked out perfectly. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, I, actually, I had a positive uh, antibody test. I was sick in February, really, really bad. Like as I've never been this sick in my entire life. I was in bed for 11 straight days. With the exception of going to the doctor three times. Um, and then finally, I had a, a physical a couple of weeks ago, and my doctor was like, because I had said I wanted to take one, and he goes like, well, don't pay for one. He's like, you can get a private one, but they're expensive. He goes, I'll just give you one when you have your physical. Okay, great. Uh, and I went in, and he, he did one, and it, it came back. Probably. He's like, yeah. He goes, like, there's no telling when I had it. Like, yeah. when, it could when have I was, not been that time. It could exactly. have been. Yeah. Yep, that's what he said. Like, when I was sick in February, I may have just have had the flu. Um, but I had never been that sick. I, they diagnosed me with the flu and oddly enough, pneumonia. Uh, and this was in the middle of February before like, and we, and it was 11 days after we got back from Disney world, which is like yeah. a Petri dish of mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're touching railings and everything else all day long. Um, and I, I couldn't, I, mean, I couldn't sit up. Like I'd be laying down in bed and I couldn't sit up to take medicine without being like, I can't, like I'm out of breath. Like I felt like I just ran for like an hour and a half. Um, it, and they had me on everything. They thought it was the flu. So like they had me on Tamiflu, but that never made it better. Then I was on an inhaler because I had pneumonia. Like I was on everything at once. And my wife still had to go to work. So she would set alarms on my phone because I'd be, I'd be sleeping most of the day. And then an alarm would go off and be like, okay, what time is it? It's 11 o'clock. Okay, let's see. All right, I got to take these two when I would take, you know, whatever I needed to take and I go back to sleep again. It was from, from a Saturday. I I brought my son to a hockey game a Saturday morning and I was like, I don't really feel that great. That's, and I had covered a game at BU the night before. And I was, I started to not feel that great the night at BU. 
Saturday morning, I still didn't feel great, but I'm like, oh, he's got a hockey game. I got to take him. So we went mm-hmm. and we got home at like one o'clock and I said, I'm just going to go lay down. Uh, and from that Saturday afternoon at one o'clock until the following Tuesday. So like two Tuesdays later, <laughs> uh, I pretty much didn't get out of bed except for three times when I went to the doctor. It was nuts. That's crazy. I mean, Taylor, my wife had a uh, negative COVID test the Wednesday, or she took the test on Tuesday, got the results on Wednesday, three days before our wedding, because she had a sore throat and she's like, oh, you know, she thought she had strep. So she's like, okay, I still got to go that. So she called her doctor and in our area, um, the uh, cross insurance arena, which is where the UFC event was that um, across a certain center, I should say. Arena's one in Portland. Um, that parking lot is where the COVID testing is right now. So you have an appointment, oh, okay. you drive in your car, they swab your nose without even getting out of the car. They put it in there, da, da, da. Um, so they're like, hey, they were doing the strep test over there too. Um, so you can go do that as well. So we went over, she went over there on went, uh, Tuesday and got the test. When she got there, they're like, oh, no, no, we're giving you the COVID test too. So they gave her the COVID test. And then I'm freaking street freaking out because I'm like, so I couldn't go to work because if like, at the time she got know, tested, yeah. she couldn't be positive. So um, in our minds, we're like, she doesn't have it. Like, let's like, like, let's get past this. Like, I know she doesn't have it, but it was like freaking out. And I eventually called my work on, on Wednesday being like, I can't come into work today. And then I got a phone call. Um, we got a phone call from the doctor being like, Oh no, no, it's negative. That was like one of the, like, it was a euphoric or like euphoric feeling. It was like highs of like highs. Yeah, and it was I'm sure. not to know that you didn't have it and so on. Cause I was, I mean, just getting sick during a pandemic period. Like if you get a small cold, because that's the other thing that people don't understand is you can get a cold. Yeah. You can get the flu. You can get yeah. anything right now. It, just because you get sick does not mean you have COVID. Exactly. That's the stupid part. Just because COVID is there, it doesn't take the place of all other illnesses. Uh, like, everything else. Oh, you won't get cancer now because of COVID. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not <laughs> possible to get these illnesses. And so I had a stomach bug um, at the end of July and I was, and my anxiety made me feel worse because I was anxious. Yeah. And obviously, it's the first thing that goes in your head, I'm sure. Even if I call the doctor, the doctor's going to be like, you don't have any of the symptoms, so you're not going to get a test. So it's like, it's weird. It's not as simple as like, oh, you have a fever, you have whatever, or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's definitely a, a weird time because, you know, if I get a stuffy nose, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. I'm the same way. It's like, oh yeah, the weather's yeah. different, it, you know, and then we're going to, we're entering the flu season. So people are going to get the flu yeah. um, and not get COVID. And so people are going to get sick and not have the pandemic virus like exactly it's gonna be for me. Yeah. but yeah so things have been well we've been um just figuring things out and, and uh working a lot and and so on so it's been uh it's nice to be married and get it over with because you know that's a lot of planning and, and and money that's now um gone but uh sure. i said after the wedding the day after the wedding I'm like now what now what are we planning for? <laughs> like, we did it for over a year now. We're like planned a wedding and we're like, so this is what we're going to do. And when we're going to do it, and, you know? And I said, what are we going to do now? Like this is over. And then we thought, well, maybe we'll be able to take our honeymoon this fall instead of the summer, like our actual one. And yeah. then we're like, that's not going to happen. So we're like, well, we will do it in January and that's probably not going to happen. So like, we're now thinking that I have until 2021 December to use my flights. So I think we'll figure something out oh, there to do between Good. then now and then. But, oh, there, uh, yeah, because I, I had the same thing with my frozen four frozen four flights from last year. Yeah. My flights to Detroit, I have time to rebook them or use them as a credit or something. And and of course they didn't. This didn't happen when the frozen four was in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> you no. know, like you, you had to fly flights, hotels, all that stuff. We did lose. We lost the hotel because it was a non-refundable thing. It was like one night we had a ho- in a hotel because uh, we had booked all the stuff ahead of time, and we lost fifteen percent of our rental. Because we had a, 
rental of a, a, a van, like a camper van. Oh, okay, um, nice. So we lo- lost some money, but we were able to get like, as long as we use these flights. And I told Taylor, I was like, even if it's not for our honeymoon sometime next fall, hopefully we'll just go some, we'll just yeah. use it for yeah, a yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. use the flights. Cause we've already paid for them. Let's just go somewhere. Even go if we somewhere. have to yeah. just do something like, I don't care if it's visiting my grandparents in Florida, we'll just go somewhere. So yeah. um, we'll figure that out. But maybe, maybe it's a, I'll use them to fly to a, the frozen four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we figure out, I think it's, I think they said it's going to be in Pittsburgh. It's supposed to be in Pittsburgh. Are they I just going to move the Detroit be- one? Is that what the, the, the theory is? I mean, that would make sense just to put them at the end. Uh, like, do it at the end of the cycle. Yeah. I think that's what makes sense, yeah. That, that's my know, guess. But Why screw everybody else's scheduling up and things like that for yeah. you know, something as, as, as trivial as where the Frozen Four is going to be? So in which case, it would go Pittsburgh, Boston, and then tack Detroit on the other side of Boston. Boston's supposed to be the last one of the cycle, but you could just go Pittsburgh, yes. Boston, Detroit. And then whoever gets the next one will be after Detroit, which would make yeah. sense to me, but we're not in charge of that. So nope. no, they haven't asked you yet. You don't, they don't want your opinion. No, not yet. Unfortunately, we'll get so, there someday. Well, so the Mac report.com um, is where you can find most of the stuff for, for, for Michael, uh, Michael, I call you Michael. I don't know. My best friend's name is Michael. So I've known you as Mike forever, but I call him I Michael. So I, yeah. <laughs> um, your name is Michael, right? I mean, it's not like it's it yeah. Mike. But, yeah. No. Um, and so a uh, quick question for you though. Uh, the VIP, is that, specifically for Merrimack sports, like if there's your website's basically Merrimack sports, but do you do, yeah. I saw maybe a, a thing on there that like you did a breakdown of more of the um, delay in the hockey season, but is it the VIP for all sports or is it mainly hockey in there? Uh, it's mainly college hockey. It'll be a little bit of everything. It's mainly college hockey. So it's okay. stuff that it's stuff that, you know, maybe isn't ready to get put on CHN yet, but like, I've got a pretty good idea of something. So it's not even just Merrimack. It's kind of just college hockey in a, in general. What do you, uh, this is a, this is a thing that no one else is going to give a shit about, but what are you using for a paywall service now? Cause I remember we used a different service. What? Yeah. Uh, it's called paid, me- paid memberships pro. Okay. I just, I, I know we use, what was the first one? Because when you first went to a premium service, yeah. there was a company that was awesome. And then, they, and then they went out of business. Oh yeah. Coin tent. That's who it was. And then they went out of business yeah. and it, we, we got an email with like a week's heads up, but Hey, uh, FYI, we're going out of business. Like what about all these people? Like I have people that paid for like yearly subscriptions and everything. I like, go, what do yeah, I do? What do I do? It's all on us now at that point too. But uh, basically that's what they said. They were like, yep, figure it out. Sorry. Bye. So I had to, uh, I, I set it up through paid memberships pro, which is like it, they, I found it through a, a, a plugin through WordPress and then grandfather, I had to go in and find the people who's, who had paid for yearlies and I had to set them up with a separate account and the news. Like, oh, it was a disaster. I, I can imagine. Uh, your site looks amazing. I'll tell you that much. I'm really happy the way it looks because I'm just, I'm, I'm a designer. <laughs> so I just like the way it looks. The colors all work. The logo looks great. Everything looks great. I'm just, I'm on it right now. It looks Ooh. beautiful. Um, and then college hockey news, but, um, the hopefully you'll have some you have to be, most of this content you had to put out recently has been like when is things gonna start yeah. not actually things that are happening yet because well we're not even in the college hockey season technically yet anyway because it wouldn't have started until the beginning of october anyway but yeah we'd have a couple more weeks technically yes but uh hopefully in november we'll, we'll we'll do this and maybe um we'll get you back on to talk playoffs or how things went or how things are going um later on because i always loved it i was saying is we're doing these cool things now where i'm doing these regular segments we're doing ones on movies and comics and all these different things and having specific guests on back to do these things and so i won't do as many college hockey ones but it'd be kind of cool to get you back in yeah towards the end of the season to see how things are 
how things went this season, how the playoffs are going, and, so, and all those things, so updates. But uh, you also have a podcast, right, on the Mac Report? Yeah, I don't have a funny, uh, interesting name. It's just right now called the Mac Report the Podcast. Parkinson. Yeah. <laughs> had, we've Very had original. 60, you've had 60-something episodes, so that's, that's impressive right there. Yeah, that's going well. It, it's taken like five years to get there, but I'm usually good about every couple of weeks. Okay, so is that, do you have a schedule for that, or is it just like whenever you feel like it's you can whenever I get one? It, it's mostly coaches, so like I'll do a lot with men's hockey, obviously, because I see those guys regularly. Uh, but we'll sprinkle on other coaches as well. It's, it'll be topical stuff, like if there's something like I, the latest one was from the end of July. It's been a while, but when they hired Merrimack hired a new women's basketball coach, so we got her on. Uh, but it's more of there's no set schedule. It's just a random podcast that'll pop in anytime something comes up. You want to add stress to your life is add a uh, thing on your website that says you have a weekly podcast. Just, just let you know. This <laughs> has well, been like, oh, shit. For a, while, yes. uh, for a while, that's what it said. And then I just took out weekly. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I, I like the idea of doing it weekly. And I was like, oh, I'll do it on Wednesday. I have Mondays off. Da, 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 I can figure this out. And, and then I uh, didn't do the work I needed. Because I always felt like it was too far in advance to try to schedule people. And I was like, well, I guess if I can just get a yes you'd want to do it kind of thing then i can get yeah. closer um and so now i have it basically i was working on it this morning i have it scheduled out till december hopefully perfect everybody can do it maybe i'll swap some there's a couple of people who are super fluid so it's like hey man i'll fill in whenever you need to fill in so i can yeah. move some um but i've got some people that are filling. so i have that aspect of it which is nice and then going into the next year when i started because i'm taking a break uh in december in january it will be like every there'll be two guests then a regular guest that we have on back to back and then two guests so there'll be some more spread outness of it so it'll make it easier for that aspect of it too but um cool. yeah that was like oh shit now i have to put a podcast out every week this is fun <laughs> and i and i don't want like i wouldn't want to record this and release it in three weeks because what if tomorrow's or uh, exactly. yesterday last night something crazy happened mm -hmm. or two weeks from now something crazy happened it happened i did a podcast with a comic book shop in bangor and two days after we recorded chadwick boseman died and it yeah. was like we, I had to put a little preface at the beginning of it where I recorded myself being like, just to let you know, we didn't not give a shit about Chadwick, but we just didn't know because I recorded <laughs> yeah, this exactly. last week. And, and yeah. so I don't want to do that in a sense, but uh, I guess some of the ones that I do that I do, don't do on a specific subject that are just shooting the shit, we could probably do it earlier. Yeah. But it's funny. I was actually listening to one this morning. I listened to Andrew Yang's podcast and every, the beginning of every single one, they, they say what day they're recording it. Because as he says, he's like, shit changes so much on an hour by hour basis. Heads up, we recorded this on Thursday, September 17th. So if anything happened between now and Monday morning when this episode comes out, I'm sorry for not talking about it. Because your listeners <laughs> are the first person that are going to give you shit for the fact that you got something wrong or missed something. So yeah. it's like, I just to let you know, and I try to say it. This is Monday. Mike and I are talking Monday, September 21st. <laughs> this podcast will release September 23rd. So if something happens Monday night, Tuesday anytime during the day yeah. or Wednesday during the day, it's because we didn't we didn't know. If they cancel college hockey tomorrow on Tuesday, that's that's why we didn't talk about it. So if that, if it happens tomorrow at noon, I'm calling you tomorrow. We're gonna set this up for tomorrow. Yeah, well, and we'll just redo it again. It. <laughs> but, but the macreport.com, you can follow him on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. You're still one of the guys that uses Twitter because you're a sports reporter, which some people like, I feel like it's news and sports is the only thing I get on Twitter nowadays. Same here. Uh, there's the only reason I else to, yeah. There's no point on getting on there anymore. So, um, but, uh, the Mac report.com is where you should go. College hockey news is also where you can find Mike. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I miss you. It's just be seeing you all the time. 
you were the one person in the press box that gave a shit about MMA too. So it was like whenever we could get in the cocky <laughs> press box, I'm just like, oh, MMA, let's talk MMA. Yeah, that's what and, we uh, do. We would, I think we were watching some shows from the press some, yeah, box. It was like Saturday night. And I would yeah. pull the, you know, pull the computer up and be like, okay, it's in between, it's an intermission. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tweet something out, but we got to watch this, you know, fight or whatever. But, and we'd, we'd be doing it even more now with Calvin. Absolutely. It would be, doing yeah, it we'd be like every week. There's shows every week. We would literally be doing it every single weekend. <laughs> but that's awesome. So I really, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll get you on again. Uh, again, like I said, at the end of the season, hopefully um, I say go river Hawks, but I guess go warriors too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> But I really appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely. You know, thanks for having me on. This has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good night or good day, I should say.